behold the venom produced by the head of the snake. Gaze upon the fruits of its propagation of the global war machine. Commiserating its empire of destruction and misery as it slithers throughout the globe, bringing Megadeth and agony to all. Beware the head of the snake. Stay vigilant, my friends. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for spending your time in the Tiger's Den. We will try not to waste it. It is Wednesday, July 5th, 2023 AD. This evening, ladies and gentlemen, in the sea of information that we are gathered in, there is truth and there are lies. We are looking for the truth. If you're tuning into the Tiger's Den, you're already thinking critically. And you know what I mean when I say there are people who take the truth to capitalize on it. Sometimes the truth gets twisted and turned. The truth is used for attention so one can capitalize on how many likes and clicks they get for advertising. So they take the truths we already know, and just like our obsidian friends, they twist them with their forked tongue, grabbing the eye, beguiling the gullible. As this occurs, the truth is mixed with lies and marginalized. The mainstream media is already lying to the whole country in mass. And those of us who are doing our best to tell the truth and hold on to the precious word, integrity, must be vigilant so important subjects are not mar marginalized and swallowed by the head of the snake. Never fear, ladies and gentlemen, you are in the tiger's den. And this evening, we are bringing in the truth pound by the pound. And with us, we have a very special guest, and we are going to be keeping it real. Ladies and gentlemen, hold on. You have the tiger by the tail. With us tonight, ladies and gentlemen, a ultrasonic sledgehammer of truth, knocking down the, the doors of deception, all things that crawl in their bellies, scurry for cover as she sheds the light in the dark places with a flamethrower of antiseptic. Ladies and gentlemen, ICU nurse, researcher, and truth warrior, Dana. Welcome to the show, Dana. Thank you. That was the most awesome intro I've ever been given. <laughs> Well, cool. I'm glad you liked it. We like to give our guests uh, good introductions because, you know, you're, you are gracing us with your presence, you know, so it's a big deal when a guest thank comes you. on. So thank you. Sure. Thanks for having me. So we usually uh, start the show off with a quote about uh, the Federal Reserve because in the Tiger's Den, that is the head of the snake. That is what makes the the war machine, the everything, all, all, all the things that we rail against cannot exist without the producer of a fiat currency that all these other things use, right? So, yep. you know, I go after them. And so I, I like to read quotes about it. And actually, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, I have a quote from a Fed chairman. His name was Alan Greenspan about back in the 80s to I can't remember when he lost his tenure. But anyway, the Federal Reserve is an independent agency. And that means basically that there is no other agency of government which can overrule actions that we take. He is, this is him speaking on behalf of the Federal Reserve, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, to give you the context. So long as that is in place and there is no evidence for the administration or Congress or anybody else is requesting that we do other things than what we think is the appropriate thing, then what the relationships are don't frankly matter. And yes, I've had very good relationships with presidents. So, 
That's just, you know, the arrogance there of that statement of the corruption, basically saying your government can do whatever they want. We're the ones that hold the purse strings and we're the ones we're, we're going to do what we want because we are a private facility, you know? So, Correct. Yeah. So what do you think of that, Dana? I mean, that's of, uh, you know, I always have the guests kind of like when I have guests, you know, tell me what they think of that quote. What's, what's your take on that? I think that it sums it up very well. I mean, you know, it's the military industrial complex and I would argue the pharmaceutical industrial complex. Those are, you know, kind of the two arms and what needs to fund it. The money needs to fund it. The money's got to come from somewhere. And, you know, I mean, look at Epstein and the housing crash and, you know, 2007, 2008, and they're doing it again. You know, what's going to happen? These criminals, this mafia decides that they want to do whatever the hell they want. Nobody gets punished. And one day everybody's going to wake up and their retirement's gone and their house is getting foreclosed on and child protective services is coming to take your kids because the government says so, you know? I mean, that's wow. Well, she knows what she's talking about, doesn't she? Wow, you hit the nail on the head. That's that, that's a hundred percent right. So you know, and that that's the thing. You know, you, from Ep, okay, Epstein's a perfect example. The money who funded Epstein? Well, we know this. You know, the CIA, probably all five eyes, right? All the all the five intelligence agencies around around the world utilized Epstein's blackmail. Yeah. You know, Lolita Island sex trafficking ring. Okay, and with that being said. The money to do all of that that went into his pockets, you know, the money that went into the program to fund Epstein that came from, you know, this is the horrible thing. They printed it and we owe it. So it's connected to us. Correct. Right? That is you very know, they created correct. this money and they're saying, hey, you guys owe us owe the money for all of this. But it all came from the Federal Reserve, which was funneled down into the trough of corruption, which you know, the, uh, you know, the spook agencies, I call them the spook agencies, the FBI, CIA, the ones we don't know about, they all feed from this, right? And they do all these things and they go rogue. How, how can you not, how, what would we expect with all this money floating around that uh, for the purpose, the sole purpose to create corruption, that you're not going to have an intelligence agency with massive technological intelligence gathering capability, right? They can listen to us. They're counting steps. They And now you can just, I don't know if you heard about this, Dana. They can buy the information from Google and whoever's listening to you and all the information they collect through all their social media and human gathering. And, and they have it there. So, and they can use all this. Who, who would dream that they would go out of control and do rogue things? That's, you know, so the trough of corruption is, is the key, but um, I'm sorry, I get, I get carried away with that stuff. But, no, I uh, mean, you're absolutely, no, you're absolutely right. Because, you know, uh, that's why I respect Whitney Webb so much, because, you know, she reminds people that, you know, when Bear Stearns went under, J.P. Morgan Chase was the one who bought Bear Stearns, and mm -hmm. Jeffrey Epstein was directly involved in the housing market crash. So people lost their homes because of what they were doing. People That's need to remember that the the media only wants to talk about the uh, the sex crimes and they never want to talk about the financial crimes. And I think that there is a reason for that. And it's just like, you know, the J.P. Morgan Chase, Jamie Dimon thing. I mean, that man had the audacity to come on TV and talk about how we don't need small banks and they need to be shut down. It like literally a day after that subpoena was announced against him. Of course, of course. See, yeah, of course. And that was that's a great real time example that you brought up. And that's this is the thing. People lost their homes. See, now 
the average Joe Blow. See this because this is the thing, another thing I like to talk about in the den here. A lot of us, we get into this, right? And we, we're like, oh my goodness, right? Look at look at what I found out. And you got this five-gallon a bucket of truth. It is cold, right? And it's it's hot, right? It's actually a five-gallon bucket of, of concrete that's really yeah. cold. And the, the first thing we do, because it's it's instinct, is we go up to somebody that doesn't know anything about this. You try to explain fractional yeah. reserve banking to them or some kind of symbology in the occult, right? And we dump yeah. this thing on them and they're like, ah, you know, and they don't listen to you ever again. Correct. Right? So we have to be careful with that. But with that being said, let me ask you really quick, what got you, okay, you're sitting here talking to Angry Tiger. You know, you've, I've seen you on Chris Graves. Um, you've been on other shows. Um, and these shows are some conspiracy-minded or critical thinking is like, I don't like the term conspiracy. So we're you're amongst all these critical thinkers. How did you get here? So I started my videos, honestly, because... Uh, it was last year sometime I read the book The Brothers about John Foster Dulles and Alan Dulles and it goes through their entire life history and all of the coups that were under Mr. Dulles and you know I you know my dad grew up in Germany and so I've been raised on real German history so I thought that I had a relatively good understanding of American history and was smacked in the face and was like oh well now that I know this I'm going to inform everyone else and then I read Devil's Chessboard and just everything kind of moved on from there but I just started making my videos and then got into the area specifically that I work on now, um, I was planning on doing that and I was doing that privately, researching it privately. Um, but some stuff that happened this year that just kind of set off alarm bells for me where I felt like I needed to speak out in the moment. Um, and that's kind of how I ended up getting asked to come and talk about it on a few other shows. So was there like a, like a, a pivotal moment that you said, wow, you know, there something's not right or was it just from reading just from getting knowledge so as far as like going full stop it was the united nations statement for the advocation of uh the inappropriate relationships with children okay. i don't i don't know if i should censor myself um yep. but okay well the united nations came out and yeah, tell us about it tell us they they put out a statement for the advocation for pedophilia and to remove the age of consent. And it was when, in March. Did, when did they do this? I, 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 this is real, ladies. I'm just trying. I can't remember, but I know you might know. It was in March. Okay, and of this year. I remember. I re yeah, this year. And so, I ladies remember, and gentlemen, like, she's saying that I, I lose my temper so sometimes, so I'm, I'm going to slow down. She's saying that the UN wants to remove the regulations for pedophilia within the United worldwide. No, to, to, to be a member of the United Nations. Wow. So you can't have laws against pedophilia to be they a wanted, member. They want to remove the age of consent. Okay, go and, on. Well, here, here was my issue was that, so I'm sitting here reading this because I do read like crazy because I don't have a life and you know I see all these people and they're like you're a conspiracy theorist when I posted about it and I said okay let me let me uh, just slow down let me see if I'm 
a victim of a disinformation campaign or, you know, if I'm reading in between the lines, no, that's exactly what it says. And so at that point, that was when I decided to cover the Franklin scandal. And when I did do my series on the Franklin scandal, that was when my videos really kind of took off. And then, you know, it, I've just kind of covered every other case from there. Dana, do you mind do you mind just giving like a really quick synopsis for the the viewers of the Franklin scandal? Sure. Um, so the Franklin scandal was a. I'm just going to kind of quote uh, the author of the go to book. Uh, Nick Bryant is basically a coast to coast uh, pedophile trafficking ring. Uh, it was primarily through Lawrence King, out of Nebraska. He was a rising star in the GOP at that time. Now, this ran through Reagan and Bush, both of them, and was also concurrent with the call boy scandal in the White House. Um, there were a lot of bad things that happened with children. There is still a child. If they are alive, they would obviously be an adult now. Uh, they are still missing. I actually had one of their family members reach out to me a couple weeks ago, which was really crazy. Um, and to this day, because the media and no one was punished except for the victims, um, there's a lot of people that don't know about it or don't believe it. Wikipedia refuses to redact that it's uh, been fact-checked and it's false because it's absolutely not false. Wow. So... I noticed that this is a trend. So, you know, you start in the in the colleges where they're trying to call them minor attracted individuals. They're trying what they like to do is change words, right? That's one of their yeah. favorite things to do. You know, they change yeah. the definition of fascism, they change the definition of what a vaccine is, what an immunization is. All yeah. the definitions change at their whim. Now they're trying to change the definition of pedophilia. And for those of you who want to call people like Dana or myself or other people who shed the light on these things, um, you know, conspiracy theorists, well, I guess I, we probably, I probably take that label, I guess, if that means I'm telling the truth, because this is what's really happening, you know, and, and you, and this is the thing, you know, it why is. I can say that is history. I love history because it proves stuff. You watch these people and what they do, they start changing the words before they do something. And then what they change the words about, it's real simple, right? This is a rocket scientist. All of a sudden that happens, right? So it's not going to be long before there is no age of consent because they're pushing to change the language of what the age of consent is. I live in a state, Dana. Okay. I live in Michigan. I live in a state where an eight-year-old, if they decide, can go to one of these doctors, okay, you know, one of these butchers, if they do this, in my, okay, and yeah. say, I think I'm a girl, cut off my, my penis, or I think I'm a, I'm a boy, you know, give me a penis, okay, and, and they'll do this without the parent's permission. I'm, I'm, these words are coming out of my mouth, and it's still unbelievable that I'm saying this to you. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Trust me. me. Um, I realize that the yeah. things that I talk about when it comes out of my mouth, I understand how absolutely insane it sounds. I get that. But the reality is, um, you know, people might not want to hear it. However, 
if I was a kid, and I've said this on other shows, if I was one of these children and I made it, I would look at every single adult and I would say, why the hell wasn't anybody asking questions? Why didn't anybody know that something was wrong? You're adults. It's uncomfortable to talk about. Good, it should make you uncomfortable because this is a really disgusting problem and it's a problem that they're trying to normalize. And just like you said, so like they want to change the definitions of various things, whether it's medicine, whether it's this, you know, and it's like uh, people don't really have a good grasp of history because that's what actual fascists do. Uh, but people just like to throw around words and then words lose meaning, right? Like you call somebody a Nazi now and it doesn't mean anything. Yes. And so, and, and, but that's what they do is that words lose their power. And, but this stuff, pedophile, that one hasn't lost its power and that's why they want to change it. And so that's why when I talk about this stuff, especially like certain cases, I make a point to say the word because I want people to feel uncomfortable because they should, because right. it's a, it, they need to deal with it. It has to be dealt with. And, and that's the thing. Another thing that I noticed, okay, so we're, we're, you get into the alternative media community and this really, this really burns my, my rear end. Okay. You get people who are there's 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 these white hats, Dana, and don't worry because they are taking care of the pedophiles. All the lights are going to go out and they're rounding people up and there's no one in the White House. Did you know there's a gate around the White House? There's nobody in there. And so when we talk about what you're saying, that the, the whole what you just told me is a documented thing. You did your research. I watched your report on this. OK, I know you know what you're talking about. This is real. This should be on the mainstream media. These are the things that should be being talked about. And in the alt media, they're not. OK, because, the you know, the JFK has been resurrected and they're, they're out rounding the pedophiles while me and you are talking nonsense, of course. Well, here's what I like to say to uh, people in my life that uh, adopt or have adopted the Q sort of ideology is I ask them about the Franklin scandal first. I say, hey, do you know about the Franklin scandal? And nine times out of 10, they say no. And these are people that their frontal lobe was fully developed far before then. And I say, okay, well, then you clearly don't have a good grasp of history because at that time, Michael Aquino, who was in the army, right? He was up there. So he was running that stuff at the Presidio daycare mm -hmm. at a base as well as with a GOP individual in Nebraska. Um, and also, what's going on at Fort Bragg? That's where the top brass of psycholo psychological operations is today. And when you look there, they are in so much trouble, but nothing's being really done about it because they have a massive trafficking ring going on there. And it's been going on. I listen to Military Matters podcasts where they talk about this stuff. And one of the quotes that they said, and I'm just kind of condensing it, was uh, you got all these guys and they've had nothing to do for the past 18 months. So they're just screwing around with drugs and kids and everybody's life is ruined. And I'm like, wow. If that's not the uh, military industrial complex wrapped up in a sentence, I don't know what is. If we're not out murdering 
you know, uh, poor foreign people, or uh, as the intelligence community likes to paint it, uh, bringing democracy to these people, you know, then then we're damaging children and damaging the next generation. Yeah, that that's the American dream right there. We'll see in this, you know, um, I was going to ask you, and I, I know what your answer is going to be. I'll ask you anyway. So w- w- with the Republicans, let's l- let's just not even just the Q people. There, th- That is a whole, and in my mind, a CIA PSYOP, right? This is just all, all it's all nonsense. I absolutely think it and, is. And you it's might the think perfect I'm crazy, plan. I, I don't think we elect our presidents. I don't think it matters. I really don't. I don't. I we we haven't for like a hundred years. Like so, I can't remember which college did a study on it. It was a couple universities that collaborated and they looked at the past 100 years and it's like, no, there's a very small amount of people that are in a pool basically that get rotated. And it's like, hey, uh, left and right isn't real. That's a show. They come yeah. on TV and fight. It's an illusion of choice that you're getting. Okay. So, Correct. And, and, yeah. You and, think you're free. Yeah, and then the choice never when you choose differently, the the outcome is is never different. It's always the same. It's like doing it's it's the definition of insanity voting right now in a presidential yeah. election at, at the very least. Let's just say that. So, with that being said, do you think it's okay? You know about tribalism. I, I'm assuming you know that that the human we have a a a, a inside us a, a you know a Pavlovian response of wanting to be around people are our own kind of people or our own species and it's natural and they use this against us do you think it's the tribalism you can't like with a republican or even especially a q person or you know a trump person or or even on the left you can't say anything bad about a democrat to a person on the left you can't say anything bad about a republican to the person on the right because you are then the enemy and that's where we're at you think that has a lot to do with what's keeping people like in the dark about all this stuff I mean, I think so. I think it serves as the perfect distraction. You know, they cause division between us and just kind of let us duke it out while, you know, they're robbing everybody blind and starting wars and, you know, holding up puppet governments and lying and gaslighting everybody. And, you know, like this stuff with COVID, it's like, you know, how even up to now, like remember two months ago, all those banks were crashing. Remember that was yeah. crazy. And oh, then the I, yeah, Epstein I covered stuff. it. Yeah. And then the, you know they were supposed to release the origins of COVID. That report was total BS. But it's just like one thing after the other. It's almost like the Men in Black wand on TV. Like they're just like bloop, next thing bloop, and it's like nobody knows if they're coming or going. And it, I think it's on purpose. So, so COVID. Um, I, w- I wanted to get your take on that because you're a very smart lady. Um, uh, super impressed. And everybody is super impressed with the work that you're putting out, by, by the way. You know, thank you. It, it's really cool. And, and we want to thank you. Um, thank you. So what did you think of COVID? So my first question is, as a nurse, okay, I'm an auto body guy. I, I was, you know, that was my career. That's, you know, I was 18. That's what I learned how to do and all that. And, and when you do that, you get trained on um, respiratory safety gear the maintenance of it, right? So you get certified in respiratory safety gear, right? So I know that a P95 mask, okay, especially if you have facial hair like me, okay, right. it's a particle mask. That's right. that's what it is. It's not going to stop a biocontagion or or fungal or any of that other stuff from going into me. So when you when you when the professionals in the medical industry just that, okay, say this was Ebola or some horrible disease, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And they sent everybody out there with these stupid masks on and bandanas on. Could you imagine the carnage, the how many people really would have been wiped out by this? I, that's my question to people in the medical industry. How did the doctors, how did the nurses who are trained in this stuff not like understand that mask is stupid? They all went along with it. So I can only, I'm only going to speak from my experience. I don't want to postulate on everybody else because I have a lot of opinions about the way that much of healthcare conducted themselves and honestly, quite frankly, continues to because I would like to make it clear that I believe that the healthcare industry needs to do some serious atoning for the past couple of years because um, I traveled for a period of time during the peaks of COVID and uh the things that I saw, uh, I got a doctor fired and I was a contract nurse. I was a traveler and they fired the doctor. Um, so I, uh, in the beginning it was, they were changing the guidelines within the first week. I remember one day I went to work and they had changed the PPE guidelines like three times before I came in. Cause I used to work night shift and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, why, what What have we been doing this entire time that I'm supposed to be, you know, checked off for that I'm competent in these skills, like changing my PPE? Um, and honestly, I feel like the, the turning point was when Fauci and uh, the remdesivir. But we didn't know it yet because they were hiding those studies from us. So we didn't know. We thought that these people were really sick and we could not figure out what the hell was going on because everybody was going into respiratory failure really fast. They were going into kidney failure. Everybody ended up on like hardcore dialysis, 24-7 dialysis. Oh, wow. And those patients have to be like a one-to-one. -one. So I'm your nurse and I can't leave the room. So I'm wow. in that room like for 10 and a half hours out of the day. I'm bringing extra scrubs. But I knew that the jig was up very quickly. Because I wear my heart on my sleeve and I treat my patients as if they were my family members. So sometimes that means you're going to get tough love, you know. But otherwise, people need human contact and they would not let family members in. So I would take my PPE off except for my mask. And I would hold their hands. I would pray with them, hug them, whatever. Especially if I had a feeling because my feeling is usually right if something bad was going to happen. Um, and I never got sick at work for years so someone can explain that to me because the I, whole like wearing not goggles like not sealed goggles you know and then the mask and then us reusing gowns i mean i had one job that i was at for six months we didn't have environmental services in the hospital it, it's a joke that it's scary because correct me if i'm wrong i mean and please now, now i have someone that can correct me that, and I don't mind being corrected, right? I mean, please teach me, right? But say that the, the advice. So I see the lady, she's in the, 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 whatever the Publix or the Myers or the Kroger's, you know, the grocery store. And she has the mask on, the goggles on, and the gloves on. And I'm watching this lady. Now, now, now listen, now this is at the height of the pandemic. Now, this is what I'm thinking in my, now I am not a trained medical professional. Okay. I do, I like researching. I know, I try to know as much sure. as I can about stuff, right? Sure. But, so I'm watching the lady and she leaves. She takes off the gloves and stuffs them in her purse. She, where yeah, her phone is. I know. She takes her, she gets in the car. She takes the mask off. She puts it on her rear view mirror. Now at that time it was still cold here in Michigan. So she's turning on the heat. 
Now, there's a viral load all over everything that she touched. If you're in with all apparently, these, right? If this was really a deadly contagion spreading all over the place, we would have had mega death. And 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 I didn't see it. And but there's also this side of me. I have a friend. Okay, he's a good friend of mine. He's probably watching. I you know. And he something he believes he got something that's not like anything he's ever had before. And ever since then, he keeps getting sick over and over again. Okay. And he's affected by it. And it irritates him because I say they haven't isolated the virus yet. Right. I haven't seen a picture of COVID. Right. An isolation. Now, can you help me with that? What's your opinion on that? And what's your opinion on is there something out there? Did they, what, what, what do you think of the whole thing? I mean, that's those two right there. Is there something out there? Um, and, and what do you think of them not saying people saying that they haven't shown us the virus? I have not been able to find it. Isolation. I think isolated virus. as far as, because I saw people die, my patients, when I was on the road for a year, everyone died and it, I almost forfeited my nursing license. It was very wow. traumatic. Um, I had patients that I lost that were younger than me. Um, and, you know, people are not supposed to die alone. And that is something that I think that the healthcare industry really needs to atone for is the trauma that everybody was put through of being separated from their loved ones. Because uh, I'm not ready to forgive uh, my bosses or the hospital or anything like that or Fauci or the CDC. Um I know for me, especially when I was working night shift and then when I was on the road, coming out and seeing signs everywhere and being called a hero on TV and hero signs everywhere. And I'm like, mm, that's a real big stretch. Um, so I think that that was their little like psychological operation on the healthcare workers so that we didn't know if we were coming or going either. As far as an isolated sort of uh, virus, I can't remember who I was listening to and I wish I did. They were talking about it, though. I actually think it was Donald. Was it Donald Jeffries? I think it was Donald Jeffries. And nice. it was it was a recent episode. I think it was a podcast episode. And he was talking about how they've yet to prove yes. that it's been isolated. So what the hell was it? I don't know. And that's why I bring up the remdesivir, because I really think that that was the crux. Because in the beginning, what we were doing was we would get convalescent plasma, which was somebody that had positive antibodies. Remember how like at one point it was the antibodies didn't matter, you know, yep. Yep. but we were doing that and our patients were doing well. We were blowing up the blood bank. We were all on Facebook begging people for donations. Hey, have you recovered from COVID? Please come donate. We need donations. Of course. Yeah. Because that's what would work, right? <laughs> um, because that's what makes sense for everything else since day one. Yep. Yep. And then, and then, like I said, Fauci comes out with that and we don't have the studies. We're just told that this is the gold standard. And I would like to make everybody aware, and I have to say this for legal reasons, I'm not a doctor, I'm not giving medical advice, but I will let people know that they are still giving remdesivir in the hospital. They are still using it as the gold standard. Why? What? What? I, okay. Being I got into a fight with two doctors and I wrote them up because I asked them the same damn question. Excuse my language. So I had no, a patient you're good. You're good. that was fine, COVID positive, but fine, like no oxygen, chilling and getting report. And I'm told that 
the patient has received a dose of remdesivir. And I look at the nurse and I said, didn't you just tell me that this is a dialysis patient? I said, why the hell did you give them remdesivir? And they look at me like I'm stupid. And I said, you know that remdesivir trashes your kidneys. I said, don't do it again. So when the doctors came in, you know, I asked them, I asked, the, I asked one first, you know, chain of command. And both of them said to me, the kidneys are screwed up anyway. It doesn't matter. This is the standard. So I wrote them up. I notified my boss and I went into my patient's room and I said, I will call you a liar and I don't want to do that. But if I were you, I would leave right now because I approached those doctors with the World Health Organization current recommendations for remdesivir. It's contraindicated in bold letters in the middle of this nice little graphic and the FDA paperwork. So the provider paperwork, my paperwork, has a ton of stuff about the kidney problems, but the patient has none. So they're they're being deceitful. They're, I would argue that they're blatantly lying. And I gave all of that to my patient and I said, please just consider for yourself, but this is what I would do. So, so, so Dana, this is a disturbing story, right? And, and my question is, so are the doctors doing this because they're arrogant and they know better? They don't care? Is it, is it that they're getting I don't kickbacks? Know. This I is, don't know. This is what people, you know, like, like myself, I asked myself, what the, why didn't these doctors get up and say, wait a minute, something's not right here. Someone stop and let's take a know. look at what's going on. Right. I don't know what happened. Something happened during COVID. I used to take great pride in my job and I love taking care of my old people. I love my veterans. Um, and I always will. Uh, they're the only reason why I still go to work because otherwise I have no respect for the healthcare community at all. Um, and part of it is because they haven't atoned. They've basically just asked everybody to forget. And I'm like, no, for every single patient that I was with that had to die alone, that I was the person that they were stuck with. No, absolutely not. And for the people that had to die at home alone and everybody being told that they don't know any better, I make it very clear to my patients when I deal with them. I say, I want you to understand something. You have legal rights as a patient, and that includes me blowing up the doctor's phone until they come in here and answer your questions. Don't right. get it twisted. We're here for you because you have to live with the consequences or results of your decisions, not us. Wow. And I'm not very popular with my doctors when I say that, but it doesn't matter. Have you been an advocate for patients before? Because it sounds like you have training in that almost. No, but that's she what nurses be. are supposed to do. Right. That's what we're supposed to do. Nice. This is my job. Nice. So it's not your job to make a bunch of money being a nurse because you think that's what's good. That's the best way to make money. No. You're a nurse because you want to take care of people. Do you think that might be the difference in between the doctors who are they want to play golf and drive their Maserati around and they really don't give a rat's ass about helping people. We're not talking about the old doctors who used to they get the call. You get a call to help people. Well, you know, in, in any kind of community service, all the way up to being a nurse to a doctor where you're caring for human beings, right? Or interacting with them. It's, it's a call both sides, that you should though, get. man. It's both because there's nurses that are just as bad. Okay. And I and I don't I have no patience for it. Um, there are doctors that, and I can count them on one hand, but 
you know, there are doctors and there are nurses that are good. And I'm not saying that everyone in healthcare is malevolent by any means. Um, it's just there, there has to be a day of public reckoning. There has to be a day where everybody at least comes out and apologizes. You can't just act happen. like nothing happened. I'm sorry. You can't. It's not okay. You know, I was, uh, whatever, you know, ostracized because I didn't want to get the vaccine and I didn't want to get the flu shot. And I, they almost fired me. And I'm like, excuse me, y'all were, y'all had no problem with me being here. Uh, when COVID was really bad and I was working overtime, you didn't care about my vaccine status then because you needed a body in here. So you went no. through all this and you fought the vaccine mandate too during all this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nice. nice. Um, I want to say hello to everybody in the chat. And uh, let's check out uh, Rumble really quick over there in the new prisoners area. We got Tom Cooper's and Tom Cooper's on many screens tonight. Yay. He's in the YouTube chat and you. You know, Tommy's a sweetheart. We got yes. Strong Gas. I'm not even going to know who that is, but thanks for watching Strong Gas. Very good to see you there. And Twitter, it's a ghost town, but um, that's okay. <laughs> but also in the YouTube chat, Karen Carpenter. And uh, who else do we have? We have Jason Barker and we have Little John. So thanks for watching, everybody. We appreciate it. And uh, Karen yes. Carpenter says, and I put this up on the screen, Dr. Paul Merrick, who was a pioneer in critical care and one of the most published, lost his job because he refused to follow COVID protocol and kill patients. That's another one that that kind of putting people on the um, the ventilators. That was, you know, if you did any research, even me, okay, I hop on the computer, I start looking at what you do when someone's lungs are filled up with fluid. Putting them on a ventilator wasn't one of the things that you do. Where the hell did that come from? I don't know. And that was one of the things that uh, I got a doctor fired over because, you know, I, I understand how the fluid retention system works in your body. It's very impacted by your kidneys. Yeah. So, you know, with all the remdesivir stuff going on, um, and I, I would refuse to give it. I'm like, no, I want the family to come in and sign paperwork. There needs to be a consent that's signed. I'm sorry. I'm not going to give it. Um, but those protocols were changing all the time. And I remember, you know, at one point when no visitors and they were rotating back and forth between the protocols. And so they would put people on the BiPAP mask, which is almost like the full face mask. You know, I call it mm -hmm. like a hurricane in your face. Um, and they would, you would just basically ride out the BiPAP until it was time to get intubated. And I would be screaming at the doctors. I'm like, cause I had a, a handful of patients cause I will never forget it. They would just look at me and they would say, I give up. And I'm like, and, and when you give up here, your body will follow suit. Right. Because yeah. you can't sit there. I can sit there and tell you that your family hasn't abandoned you and that I'm here for you. Hold your hand, whatever you need. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't replace the real thing. And all the, that they that was part of it was that people just had to sit there and suffer. And this is why I'm still mad about it.
how did you, Dana, how did you sit through that as a human being? I mean, I, I mean, I, I fought every step of the way. My patients, families, because I, I wouldn't leave the room half the time, especially wow. when I was on the road because they were so sick. I was having to bring in extra scrubs because I was soaking through mine and the families, they had my personal cell phone number. That if I forgot to call them, they knew that they could call me when I was on my way home. Wow. I didn't screw around. Because that's someone's that's someone's family member. You know, that's how I look at it. You know, what if that was my dad, my sister, you know, my mom or my best friend? You know, and people come in and they act like it's just, you know, another day at work. But, you know, it, it was the most traumatic day and sometimes the last of people's lives. And I think the healthcare workers forget that very quickly. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that there ever is going to be a reckoning because then they're going to have to admit that they were wrong, right? Well, I say reckoning very loosely because you know Nuremberg wasn't real, so there's not going to be a Nuremberg exactly. 2.0. You know, like what did the Nuremberg? I mean, because what what do we operation? You know, paperclip and all these other things that happened. People don't yeah. realize what. Where we're at today, if you have to look at history to realize how we got we how we got here today. And when yep. you look at that, okay, we talk we've talked about nothing but horrible things tonight uh, for the last 40 minutes. And now I'm not saying because we're horrible people. These are real things going on in our world, right? Correct. And we need to talk about these things and we need to talk about them and tell the truth about them. And and I, the way that you're bringing things across and people who watch my show we're not like we could have really sensationalized all of this stuff. Right. And gotten maybe even go viral. If you use, I, you're a pretty smart, smart cookie. I can tell already. Um, you could probably use techniques and market yourself and go viral right now. If you wanted it just by thinking about it, right. Using some of the stuff that, you know, mixing it with some pop culture, making it sound bombastic. No, thanks. Yep. I'm good. Nope. Nice. Why? Why, you know, it's because the truth matters. The truth matters. I don't care about being popular. And I've said it multiple times. You know, I've I've had people tell me, you know, uh, and I'm well aware I could dress a little bit differently. Um, I could add X, Y, and Z, whatever. I could be a little bit over dramatic, but I think that we are force fed enough nonsense and we are gaslit enough by these institutions that we're supposed to trust and it's my conscience at the end of the day i don't contribute to that so i might make people uncomfortable um but i'm really not here to make you feel good if you want to feel good you can go turn on netflix that's that's kind of my vibe because most people really you know, as long as they have Netflix, they don't really care. So you don't have to listen to me. I'm not trying to be cruel to anybody, but, you know, reality is reality. And the longer that we ignore these things, the worse it's going to get. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You were frozen for a second. No, hey, um, I just, I, yeah, I, I do a financial report and uh, I had a meltdown the other day because there's so much going on. We, we really need to watch ourselves. Oh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, not trying to go off topic. If you're uh, not financial advice and no medical advice tonight too, and this is not financial advice, but the, 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 the bond is the bonds are selling off and, and there's no, been no correction of the bond selling off. So if you're in the market, uh, keep your eyeball on it because you're in high risk territory right now. It's not too stable. 
Um, Dow finished a little bit low, but not much. But uh, mark my words, what do we do? We watch the 10-year the yield. So uh, be careful, ladies and gentlemen. Back, back to what we were saying. There's just, it's all, it's all darkness. It's all blackness. So what do you, you know, what do you do? What do you, what do you, what do you do for yourself after looking at this for, you know, a day or you're, you know, you're preparing for a show or, or however it is to, and, and you see a lot of, you're, you're a nurse too. So you see a lot of negativity. What do you do? Cause I, I want people to, to gain things from watching. What do you do to keep yourself sane? What do you do to keep yourself happy to remind yourself that there are birds singing, the sun can hit your skin and warm it. And that, you know, life is joyful. Well, Two. it's, it's good to go outside and, you know, touch the grass, so to speak, hug a tree. I'm not a hippie, but you know, you need to go outside. The, the world is there for us to enjoy, but, um, in the spirit of honesty, so that I'm not being a liar, uh, my husband just left me because he looked me dead in the face and said that he didn't care about kids being hurt. So that's what I'm going through right now. So I'm not having a great time, but it'll get better. I know that. So oh, I'm sorry it's okay. to hear that. That, if, if that if that's another thing. This is, uh, he, he, he doesn't want to see the truth maybe. Right. And the that when you show people a horrible, horrible truth, and not only is this a horrible truth that you, you show people, but when we show them th these truths, you're taking their world and you're flipping it totally on its end, right? I mean, wh when I realized, I, I guess it's how you react. When I realized that uh, the money was fake and it was a big scam and the banking system was a scam and all, yeah. I immediately was liberated, right? I'm like, oh, I'm measuring myself by a bunch of horse shit. No <laughs> reason for me to do this, right? I, you know, oh. A successful person is what he has in his bank account and what he has in his life, you know, all this stuff that he's gathered. Right. No, you know, I, I really, and that released me from that ideology, which put me into the ideology today, which I am poor, but I am very happy, a lot happier than people I know with money. So, what, what, you know, when you try to change someone's mind or you try to show them a truth that is, you know, horrendous. They have these meltdowns. I'm sorry that happened to you. I don't, I don't know what to say. Thank you. No, it's okay. Um, it's, you know, I would rather someone be honest with me and just say that they don't care. Cause that's the vibe that I get from most people anyway, um, is that they don't care or they're not going to care until it affects them. And that's fine. I'm on a mission. Uh, cause I just, I can't, I don't understand how some people sleep at night without, you know, addressing these things. And that's fine. It's not really my business, but uh, I make people very uncomfortable because I force them to, if they listen, if they decide to listen or engage with my research, uh, I force them to acknowledge things that are going on while they're watching Netflix or, you know, out partying on the weekend or doing whatever. So it is what it is. Yeah, books or TV or yeah, books or TV for smart people. Isn't that how the saying goes? No. And you know what? That's being mean, right? You, you, you know, um, but I guess. People are allowed to enjoy things. I'm not putting anyone down. People are absolutely allowed to enjoy things. And I'm not, like I said, I would just rather people be honest with me. Just say right. you don't want to know. Then I will respect that because I respect yeah, the hell out of honesty. That's I get fine. what you're saying. No, no. My my thing is 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 uh, again. I rail against the the. the I hate Netflix. Netflix. If so you, do if, I. Okay. So anybody who says they don't like pedophiles and they don't like pedophilia and they don't support that, if you have a Netflix subscription, okay, 
they have they have supported it. They have supported lewd shows with children in them. Okay, and they support lewd shows with children in them, where children are summoning the devil, and they you know the devil is some teenage girls get impregnates her. For really, really, that's but but you have to watch whatever it is on Netflix because it's so important because it makes you feel good. But your money's going to promote this other garbage that is normalizing the pedophilia, and these are the things that make Angry Tiger enraged. Okay, and it's and the occult. I'm glad you brought that up. And the occult. Yes, and the occult. There's another thing, and this is the thing. I am not 100% against people's spiritual beliefs, even if they're occultish, okay? Because there's a lot of stuff that when people say about the occult, especially in the Christian community, that it makes me cringe. I am, I'm Catholic. So I'm not just like Christian. I'm like Catholic. So it's like, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? And I, I, I'm sure. devout, right? Yeah, we don't, follow, I, mean, I don't follow the Pope or anything, but like, it's very strict, right? So I'm, 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 I've been called a prude. Like uh, people think that I'm a Bible beating, like just the way that I, you know, act myself in real life. So I get that, but I don't treat other people that way. I'm on the same page as you. No. Yeah. So even the, I'm careful with how I word things, you know, people, you're the occult is a complicated subject. I hear sure. Christians speak about it and they speak about it and they sound ignorant and that makes me cringe. And then I see people get involved in it and they don't know what they're talking about. And that is dangerous. Thank we are you. talking now you're, you're entering dangerous territory. We have one person that we, we converse with. Her name is occult priestess. Shout out to occult priestess. Everybody check her out on Rockfin. Um, but she's very learned not only in Christianity, Judeo, all Judeo Christian faiths and, you know, pagan, and occult other occult stuff. So I respect her. And when I talk to her, I respect her spiritual belief because she has a firm grip on what she's talking about, but what they're pushing the witches and all the crap they're pushing on, on the Netflix and all these other things on these girls and on the world in general, even the rappers are throwing are, are, are glorifying the Luciferian devil archetype, right? This is not a good sign. This is not good at all, whether you're religious or not. When you see this crap, if you're not religious and you see this, you'd be like, oh, shit, what the hell's going on around here? Now all hell's breaking loose, you know, Dana. I, what's your take on all that? I agree. I think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not a pro, but I think that you can't really engage with a topic if you don't have a good understanding of it so you know i agree there are people within certain religious sects that you know make it sound all spooky and you sound like a moron you know what i'm saying and you're alienating people and i don't think that that's okay either i think that you need to be respectful of everybody everybody deserves to be treated with dignity so you know I, the, the occult interests me because I like history and I like the history of religion and spirituality. So that's all very interesting to me. And, but the symbolism and the ritual, I'm, I would argue that the stuff on like the award shows is rituals, seriously, with all oh, the symbolism, no, 100%, all of that. And so it's, but they're, they're trying to appeal, in my opinion, especially on like Netflix and the award shows, is they're trying to make it look appealing to a younger crowd. And I'm sorry, but when your frontal lobe is not fully developed, you can't even grasp the concept of dark or light magic. No. You don't know the difference. So Thank good you. luck, because once you go down one road, you're going to have a really hard time with it. 
Nice, nice. We're we're gonna give Freeman Fly a shout out on this one. Yep, there we go. So shout out to Freeman Fly. But no, you're you're a hundred percent right. <laughs> you know, a uh, me and you have not met before or anything, but you are delivered here. That is for sure, a hundred percent. You know, um, can you hear my sound effects? Yeah, I can hear the tiger. Okay, cool. <laughs> Cool. But yeah, no, Dana, you're roaring for Liberty here. No, you get it. You get it. All of this, this is all social engineering. And what's, this is the creepy thing. So you have the technical social engineering that we can see, right? The repetitiveness, the, uh, the putting the sub, the sub things in the subconscious mind with like episodes in the Simpsons, the schools, you know, all that stuff you can see. All right. The things that are, you know, with the, the, um, the whole transgender movement, the whole, the, the whole, that, that whole movement's being pounded into people's brains right now. Right. But then you have this added esoteric layer and, and, and it creeps me out because I studied theology. I was very interested in, you know, religion and all that kind of stuff. Right. I, you know, um, so when I say that it creeps me out because I know there's something to that stuff. Correct. And now we have the super powerful elite that not only, you know, they were smart enough to get this and, and people say, Oh, they're not smart. Angry. Don't say that they're smart. They've been running the world for a while. They started these central banks and they run the world. Don't underestimate them. Thank you. These are dynasty families. So like people think of elites as like, you know, uh, the people that you're, that you see, we don't see the elites. I can assure you of that. These are dynasty families that are behind the scenes. And these people have been around for generation after generation after generation. And the people that we are allowed to see that we perceive as the elites, there's a puppet master, you know, holding their strings. And they're the ones that are running the show. And I completely agree. Like the whole esoteric vibe with the transgenderism. I'm sorry. Um, Again, this is people needing to have a really good grasp on history because uh, in Austria and in the Weimar, they were doing the same thing there. Yes. Yeah. Exact nice. same thing. Nice. Tell, tell, tell us just a touch about that without getting into it too much. They were doing experiments in Vienna, Austria, uh, pre-Reich um, yes. with hormones yep. and kids and then yep. moved into Germany the Weimar and well what was what else was going on in Weimar massive inflation sexual degeneracy and then this is yeah this is like the seven separations from Kevin Bacon only it's the seven separations from the Nazis you see this everything it's like everything we talk it's always goes back to the Nazis you know look I got this book. A buddy of mine sent me this book, IBM and the Nazis. Reading another book, Nazi. I just got done reading Nazi Nexus. That, that crap is everywhere. And then I got some moron who doesn't know the definition of fascism calling the, the nutty, you know, uh, Trump people, oh, they're fascists. And you, they don't I even know. know what they're talking about. And if we, don't, we don't stop these people, what's going to happen to us all is we are going to die. And that's why yeah. people like Dana and I are up here running around with, you know, trying not to have our heads cut off looking, you know, and trying to explain stuff to people. And then we run into the Q, the Q operation by the CIA. Bang, it hits us right in the head. Right. And, and we got we, we look at this and now the, all these people are following this crap. And it's like one thing after another. And it all goes back. Like I said, the seven separations back to the Nazi plan. All it of it always goes back to the Nazis. It always has it. 
roots in Nazism. And that's why I said, like, you know, now you call someone a Nazi and it doesn't mean anything. And people are throwing around the term fascist. And I just look at them and I'm like, you literally don't understand the definition of the word fascist. It's completely ridiculous, but they do it on purpose. Thank you very much, occult priestess. Yes, eugenics. I completely agree. I was actually having that discussion with Chris and Tom the other day. You know, in, in Nuremberg, the term eugenics was only used one time. I think that that was on purpose because when I tell people that this life science, DNA technology, all of that stuff, that that's eugenics, 23 and Me is Hitler's wet dream. He would be rolling over in his grave if he had one, yes. you know, but people don't know what eugenics is. Exactly. Exactly. She said, thank you. <laughs> and that's why words matter because words people are, need to I, understand. I say that all the time. Words are so important. Even when, even when they're changed, right? There's, they're, they're, they're important. They, the words, people don't understand how important the words are. One, the financial stuff, right? They, they, they use all these fancy words and they convolute everything. And they, it's, it's ridiculous. And you have to read through all this. Well, I got it now where I can just look and, okay, I get this. All right. You know, it's, it's a second language. It's like learning Latin right now. Now I understand it. And I can explain it to everybody in a way that that's easy to understand. And I have to, I have to do that. Right. Because I'm not that smart, but the, the thing of it is, is the words are so important, Dana. People don't understand what's going on and what's happening to them. How do you like, how do you, how do you not like, okay, I've, I've asked Tony Arterburn this. I ask a lot of people this because it's important to me. It's, it's I want to know about this. I, how do you not, not have a disdain for the general public who <laughs> don't know what the hell's going on on so, either side, on the right or the left? On the side of my skull because I used to have a mohawk. I have misanthropy ta tattooed across the side of my head. It, it's massive. So, uh, you know, I, I am a little bit of a misanthrope at heart, but I do have hope in people in general, because uh, okay. I do see people at their worst, you know, and they still pull through and, you know, little old people will thank me for doing like the simplest thing. And it makes me cry every time. So, you know, there are good things out there, but, um, People, this is why I always start with, or I try to start with, you know, Nuremberg wasn't real. People, that that's that's where we got to start from day one because people need to be able to wrap their head around such an injustice that they can't really grasp that has been just completely embedded into our history and we've been lied to about it, and then they can start to accept paperclip. And everything else after that and the things that we've done in other countries over the years, bringing democracy, people need to understand their own history. And that is our history. And it's hidden. The atrocities we, that, that we've done in the Middle East, you know, raping little boys in front of their mothers, all this stuff. Oh, America wouldn't do that. No, you just hate America. You're making all that up. You're in America. Give me another Budweiser. Oh, no, I'll switch to Bush because I'm a patriot. That it, it, there's a see, I get mad. The mentality it, it is it's so ignorant that it, and it's on both sides where they shut down absolutely because you know it's uh a 
you don't understand history if you don't understand that, you know, we were in Iran first looking for oil through Operation Ajax, the overthrow of Mohammed Mossadegh, and we're the reasons why the Ayatollahs, you know, came to power. Um, So the CIA are the actual jihadists, okay? And then everything, everything that we've done in Africa... Um, those, you know, guerrilla armies and all the dictators that we've propped up, uh, the things that they've done, I would argue, are worse than what they were doing in Afghanistan and the stuff that you brought up. It was worse. And that's where your tax money is going, is to fund this kind of stuff. It's barbaric. I would argue that, you know, what these guerrilla armies do that we that we pay for, the stuff that they do is demonic. Oh, yeah. ISIS is funded. We funded them. Absolutely. We fund every single terrorist group. Syrian rebels, because we're over there bringing democracy to Syria. Who doesn't want who it was a vacation spot for Europeans before we went over there and started destabilizing them with Syria. That's the problem. People don't understand any of this stuff. They watch the news and they watch Hannity or they watch CNN and their brain. They don't know anything after that. Well, it's because, you know, you have the neocons coming on and the Warhawks, you know, stirring up all of this rhetoric. And it's what they're doing right now with China and Russia. And the neocons do not have a political party and because they're bankers, Correct. they're central planners. The bankers, the central planners, the neocons, they have no loyalty to America or China or they're loyal to the bank. And when they're done collapsing the monetary systems in whatever country it is and creating wars and enriching, enriching themselves, they just create a new species of currency. They, they like to call it, right? Real species is metals, but they'll create a new species of currency and it's them again. They never right. lose, and they own all the commodities that they just swooped up in the war that they created, the depression they created, and all the pain that they created. And this is the problem. This is why we need people like you, Dana. And I am, you are a breath of fresh air. You are serious. You have your serious shoes on. You're not coming over. You're talking a bunch of bullshit saying, oh, you know, there's lizards from five different centuries ago and they're in control of everything, stealing your children, drinking babies' blood. And now, now, and they're Hillary Clinton. And that might be true. And I'm not talking, that might be true. But you have, whether it's true or not, you have recognized the importance of the topics in which you have chosen to cover and you have succinctly and eloquently covered them in a, in a very business type fashion. And, and I just want to give you kudos and give you one more roar. For that Thank Excellent. You. I'm going to go to the chat. Go to everybody. Um, really thank everybody for watching. So Karen Carpenter, Jason Barker, Tom Cooper, Chris Graves, the mastodon of researchers. What's going on, brother? And we got little Jen. And then over there, over in Rumble, we got Strong Gas. And uh, I think that's it for right now. But OP, I forgot what's going on. Occult Priestess was in the chat, too. Everybody check out Occult Priestess. With that being said, we're going to let Dana plug here in a second. But uh, check out the David Knight Show Monday through Friday. If you are going to prepare financially, you want to buy some silver and gold, check out davidknight.gold. Take it out uh, uh, Wisest of the Wolves, Tony Arterburn. Check out that, and uh, you will get into the wise uh, the uh, Wolf Pack, and that's a monthly uh, gold club you can get into, or just buy whatever you want from wisewolf.gold. But go through davidknight.gold. Check those guys out. T- uh, tomorrow night, Jason Barker's in the foxhole, and also uh, TNP platforms. Check them out. You got Conspiring with Tom Cooper. You got Digging with Chris Graves. You know. You're going to dig it, as Occult Priestess would say. And check out OP. She's on Rockfin. She's on YouTube sometimes. She's been, she is a great person to have on now. With that being said, I want Dana to, uh, Dana, where can the good folks find you and support you and do all that kind of good stuff? 
So I just started a YouTube. Um, I'm rotting jewels, all one word, on YouTube. Same for Instagram. And on Twitter, I'm Dana Duda. Nice. Nice. Check her out. Guys, um, remember, please like and share the videos, right? Of all your favorite podcasters, go check out Dana at Dana Duda at Twitter. Okay? Like her, follow her. I mean, uh, the information she's she's dishing out, you just seen her on the Tigers then, right? The, the class act. Mind like a steel trap. Be careful. You might lose a couple of fingers. She is badass. With that Thank being you. said, um, ladies and gentlemen, I, we have had some dark ass shit tonight. And, and it's exhausted me to the point where I am actually using some, 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 some language that I normally don't use. But that's okay. Because we didn't drop the F-bomb. And as long as we don't do that in the Tiger's Den, we still sound intelligent. So not <laughs> saying that if you do, you don't sound intelligent. I'm just playing. Anyway, check this out, guys. I hope that I hope this lightens you up. I'm gonna, we're going to check this out, and then we're going to get out of here. Be like the bird and Jerry and and, and uh, Jerry. Then be buddies. Save your buddy from that that horrible cat. Dana, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure. Thank you I'm so sure much for having you. me. No problem. Ho hopefully you'll come again. And hopefully if you have something, be, be real happy to come on. Uh, anything you got going on, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, time is your most valuable commodity. I want to thank all the viewers also. Before I get into that, thank you everybody for watching, listening, like and share. I am Angry Tiger. You can find me on all TNP platforms. You can find me at on Twitter at the Angry at Angry Tigers Den, YouTube Angry Tigers Den, Rumble Angry Tigers Den. Check out all the TNP. Check out number six. He is on. Oh, check out the, the new Prisoner Show Friday, 10 a.m. every Friday. So check that out. Check out TNP. Ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, remember, time is your most valuable commodity. Try not to waste it. Cherish it. Use it wisely. Spend it doing something you love with someone you love or improving yourself, preferably all three of those things. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for viewing, and until we meet again. Your time is your most valuable commodity. Cherish it and use it wisely. Until we meet again.